Hey, family, we are glad you are logging in online, and we are glad you are here. We are coming to you from Truckee, California, and we are glad that you can join us for church this morning. And if you are at home, I invite you to stand like we are standing here in, in the building. Let's uh, enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving, with praise, um, knowing that he is deserving. Lord, we honor you. We thank you for the day. We thank you for my friends and family that are across the nation, across the sea. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, we can join in unison from wherever we're at, Lord, proclaiming your truth, your goodness, your grace. We sing this together, friends. I stand. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean singing how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall sorrows he made them his very own he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone singing how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me and with the ransomed in glory time together, friends. Singing how marvelous, how wonderful in my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior. 
man of sorrows. Man of sorrows, Lamb of God, by his own betrayed the sin of man and wrath of God has been on Jesus' place. Silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and scorned, bowing to the Father's will, he took a crown of thorns. Oh, that rugged cross. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise and honor unto sent from heaven, sent of heaven, God's own son, to purchase and redeem, and reconcile the very ones who nailed him to that tree. Oh, that salvation where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee we have this promise friends now my debt is paid now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. Now my debt is paid, it is paid. Jesus filled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. See the stone. See the stone is rolled away. Behold the empty tomb. Hallelujah, God. 
Friends, just for the next moment, maybe just say hi to somebody that you recognize online or maybe somebody you don't. Give a wave to your husband across the room. Our God is good. He loves you. We have community, and we're thankful for that. Just take a moment. there may be trial and things going on in the world, our God is not caught off guard. And as we sing this next song, it says our God is undefeatable. Lord, you are our strong point, our strong tower, our refuge. Lord, we thank you that you are unshakable. Lord, we honor you. I invite you, friends, let's sing. Behold, Behold the King who conquered and overcame my sin. Behold our glorious victor, whose mercy knows no end. He is true. He is right. Death is broken, he is alive, God undefeatable, kingdom unshakable, in majesty and power you reign, love undeniable, matchless and bountiful, to waken us to life. You came, yes, you came. We are secure in Him. And now our way is certain. Our souls in you secure. Through every pain and struggle, your victory endures. You are true, you are right. Death is broken, you are alive. God undefeatable, kingdom unshakable. 
majesty and power you reign. Love undeniable, matchless and bountiful, to awaken us to life. You came, yes, you came. We hold on to these promises, friend. The love of God is greater than we dare to hope or dream. The hold of God is stronger than we dare to hope or dream. The peace, the peace of God is deeper than we dare to hope or dream. The Son of God is stronger than we dare to hope or dream. God undefeatable, kingdom unshakable, in majesty and power you reign. Love undeniable, matchless and bountiful, to waken us to life. You came one more time together. God undefeatable, kingdom unshakable, in majesty and power you reign. Love undeniable, matchless and bountiful, to awaken us to life. You came, yes, you came. you came. Lord, may we not fret and know, Lord, that you are in control, that you are sovereign, that you are good. And we ask now as we open up your precious scriptures, Lord, will you uh, teach us more about you and your deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Uh, This is a, a unique experience for all of us, I'm sure. I want to just let you know that I am extremely uh, humbled by your response and your reaction in this time. I think many of you desire to hear from the Lord and uh, for God to speak to you and uh, forgive us as we kind of work out some of the kinks. I know the sound is a little low. Uh, We'll continue to work on that. Uh, I know a couple people have texted in and said they just hooked up their computer uh, to a speaker or Bluetooth. So want to encourage you maybe to to try that, uh, it's not the optimal deal. None of this is optimal uh, by any means. Uh, but I want to let you know a couple things. Number one, um, last week alone, 1,500 people tuned in to our live service, which is pretty incredible. Many of them for the first time. Uh, individuals have checked in. I, I know there's probably some of you watching now, and m- maybe you're, you're listening in because you want to know what God has to say in this season. Uh, possibly you would never step into a church building, but you're willing to watch something online. Uh, and we just want to welcome you here. Of course, I wish I could see all of you face-to-face and not in a, a camera. Um, I, I do miss you and, and wish that you were here. Again, this is not optimal. But we've been working really hard to try to make sure that this live service uh, would work well for you and 
uh, 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 those who are listening in. So a couple things I want you to be aware of. Number one, uh, our elders are online with you. Several of our leaders are online with you. Uh, they're taking prayer requests. They want to interact with you. They want to answer questions uh, where needed, but they are there. Uh, be, be mindful that we're actually in two different places. We are on Facebook Live, and we're also on YouTube. So uh, about half of you, uh, I just looked before coming up, there's about 100 of you uh, that are on Facebook right now and another close to 100 on uh, YouTube, I believe. And more will be tuning in because the, the feed will continue to be there. And we're thankful that you're here. And like I said, the elders are there. In addition to that, for those of you who have kids, uh, we normally would have Children's Church next door. Uh, boy, obviously, that is not the case this morning. But we do have uh, live right now, if you go to sbctrucky.com, there's two things that I would encourage you uh, to do there. One would be um, go to our webpage, sbctrucky.com. There is a, a tab that says uh, uh, SBC Kids Devotionals. And we've got a video from Abby, one of our children's directors, uh, which is live for you there for the kids to use as well as some other videos and the family devotion. So we're still putting out material for you and your family that we want you to engage in. And then, of course, if you are new or you haven't uh, yet signed up for our newsletter, again, go to sbctrucky.com. And at the bottom of that page is an opportunity for you to sign up for our newsletter so we can get you out all the information. Obviously, we're relying heavy, heavy, heavy on the digital realm at this uh, point in time. And then lastly, uh, just want you to know we, we have been as a staff working hard not just to get this up and running for you. Uh, we've been praying for you. We've been making uh, phone calls to those who are vulnerable, figuring out how we can deliver food to you and assist you. My wife has been delivering uh, food to some of the kids at Truckee Elementary School. Uh, in addition, we, we fostered uh, a bearded dragon from Truckee Elementary uh, because our kids loved this giant lizard. And so uh, doing our part to help out, we, uh, we have this big lizard in our house, and we have to feed it these gargantuan worms that my wife hates, uh, but we're doing our part. I've been contacted uh, by a couple different entities, one, uh, those at the hospital, in hopes that maybe we would be able to assist where needed, uh, as well as one of our town councilmen uh, has contacted me this week too. And so we're looking to strategize how we continue to help our community. But we do know the biggest way in which we help our community and the biggest way in which we help us as a church is to give the great message of hope that, that Jesus brings. In fact, I was contacted uh, yesterday by someone in our church, and they had asked me, uh, they asked me just, just <laughs> straight up, uh, is this basically the, the end of the world? And um, I don't know if it is. I, I do know this. I do know the Bible says that we are living in end times. We're always living in end times. Uh, and, and that is a reality, that, that every day that we have is drawing closer to uh, the day in which Jesus will return. Uh, but I wanted to give you a verse before getting into our study this morning uh, that I think is pertinent and important in regards to the idea of end times and what is happening. This is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. The end of all things is at hand. Peter has been saying this. Peter said this uh, over 2,000 years ago. So this idea of end times, this idea of, of is the end near has been mentioned for quite a long time. And he says it's at hand. Therefore, here's the commandment for us, church. Here's where we need to be. For those of us who have hope in Jesus, and we know that we don't live for this life, but the life to come, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled 
and here, here's the kicker, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. We're to have a sober mind. We're to be praying, and it says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Uh, it has been a great joy just in the few moments I had to see you online interacting with each other with digital hugs and digital high fives that you continue to love each other. It goes on to say, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So we are in the end times and we have a commandment to be sober minded and to love one another and to continue to do the ministry. And we are committed, obviously, to continue to do the ministry. Uh, one thing I, I have to mention, uh, we, just like you, are in a time where we recognize the economy is is crazy and we don't know what to expect. Uh, and, and we're praying for you in that. And we want to continue to support you in that. So I'll just say thank you for supporting us financially. Many of you moved over to our online giving at sbctrucky.com uh, last week. And we just want to say thank you uh, for that. Please continue to support us uh, online so we can continue to do ministry well. So with that, we've been in a series in Exodus. We're committed to finishing the series, whether it is uh, on the online format or whether it is with you here. And so if you would, please turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. I don't know how you're doing that this morning. W one encouragement that I think would be kind of fun is, is if you have the ability, take a picture of your setup uh, and put that online so everyone can kind of see how you're interacting with the service this morning. Uh, but Exodus chapter 2, we're in the story uh, of this, this part of five, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, of the Pentateuch. And, and uh, Moses is going to be uh, introduced to us uh, in this uh, passage in chapter 2. So if you would, just go through the practice, honor the preaching of God's word. Would you stand with me as we read from God's word, Exodus chapter 2? It's a big segment. I'm not going to read all of it. Uh, I'll give you a highlight of some of that, of, of uh, what we won't read. But Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now, a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him a basket made of bulrushes, and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it, placed it among the reeds by the river bank, and his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. While her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Put this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She, was named, she named him Moses because she said, I drew him out. Of the water. And then one day, when Moses had grown up, he went to his people and he looked on their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. As the story goes, Moses uh, kills this man, runs off to Midian, and then Moses stands up for some ladies at a well and ends up marrying one of them and hiding in Midian. And then in verse 23, look at this comforting verse for us today. 
During those days, during those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help, and their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. You may be seated. Lord, we just ask that you would... um. You would be with us in this time. We pray that your word would go forth in such a way that uh, we're comforted by you. We ask that you would do a work in us that only scripture can do. And we pray for those who are listening in, they would find hope and salvation in this passage. And so we trust you for what you're going to do in our time together as we are gathering all over the internet under the banner and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Be with us now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember now, 400 years have passed, and, and uh, the, the, the Pharaoh has, has been literally oppressing and beating up his people, not his people, I'm sorry, the Hebrew people, because they've grown in such a numerous way. Because God promised Abraham that the Hebrew people would grow to, to bless all of the nations, and under this slavery, under the yoke of slavery, under the yoke of oppression, we see that this baby is born. The title of the, the message this morning is Moses, the birth of a Savior. And there are correlations. We have to understand that Moses is ultimately pointing us to Jesus and that Moses will be the Savior of the Hebrew people as Jesus will be the Savior of all people. Now, I want you to see something because uh, I made mention to you last week and I made mention the week before that one of the major themes inside of Exodus is God moving behind the scenes. I'll give you a preview a little bit of next week to tie in with what I mean uh, in this regard. In chapters 1 and chapter 2, we really don't see Yahweh's name. It's almost as if God is, is silent. It's, it's almost as if we're to ask the question as these babies are being murdered, as this young child is being placed in the reeds and being uh, placed in this river in hopes of finding a Savior, that, that we're wondering, we're asking the question, where is God in all of this? Where is he? Is he silent? Is he absent? Is he not speaking? Is he not intervening? Where is God? Uh, and, and I shared with you that, that, that uh, in, in uh, the big picture of Exodus that we know that God is indeed moving behind the scenes. Uh, we, we are in these two chapters to ask that question, where in the world is God? But as we see things being woven together, we can see that God is actually doing something behind the scenes. And I, I would just present to you that many of us are probably asking that question right now. Where is God in the midst of the virus? Where is God in the midst of the economical turmoil? Where is God in the midst of us not being able to gather as a church? Where, where is the Lord in this? And I want to present to you as we go through this passage that this gives us faith and comfort that God indeed is working on our behalf. In fact, in chapter 3, the preview I just mentioned of next week, God explodes onto the scene in a burning bush, and he presents himself as the great I am who I am. Let's just go through this quickly here and see some of the ways in which we see the providential hand of God moving on our behalf. Number one, uh, here's the first part of it. Uh, the young Hebrew couple, the Levite couple, dares in faith to get married and to have a child. This is a time, if, if any, you probably don't want to have kids. If you think, why would I want to bring a child into the chaos of this world, think of 
what this young Levite couple would be thinking uh, in their own regard. Why would we have children while we were under the bondage of slavery? But yet they did. Number two, we see God's grace in verses 1 and 2 that the child that is Moses survives for three months in spite of the command that he are, is to be killed. If you remember in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, Pharaoh commanded all of the people to actually cast the children into the Nile. Yet for three months, this baby is able to hide and to be saved. Uh, number three, uh, in verse three, Moses is placed in the river in a teba, a wicker basket with pitch. It's, it's the only uh, time that we see this word two places. One is here, the other is in Genesis. And Genesis chapter six, verse 14, listen to this verse here. Make yourself an ark, Noah, of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover its inside and out with pitch. This word uh, ark and the idea of pitch is the teba. It's a place of salvation. As Noah was saved in the flood, so Moses was saved in the Nile River. This Nile River, which represents death, the flood, which represents death, ends up being a place of salvation. The Nile River was the, is the second largest river in the world, uh, 4,200 miles in length with a discharge of almost 100,000 cubic feet per second. Uh, this is a crazy amount of water, yet Moses is saved in the Tabah. Number five, by God's providential hand, I'm sorry, this is number four, by God's providential hand, Pharaoh's daughter just happens to be bathing and finds Moses there. And because of this, Moses becomes the untouchable. He becomes part of Pharaoh's household. Number five, uh, this is quite amazing. Uh, his sister's hanging out by the reeds, and she's, she's watching uh, if Moses is going to be found. She sees that Moses is going to be found, and, and then the daughter of Pharaoh finds him, and, and she just happens to be there. The sister goes up to Pharaoh's daughter and says, oh, I, I, would you like a, a, a nurse to raise this child to, to allow him to continue to feed? And, and, and so she goes, and she finds Moses' own mother, and Moses' mom is then paid to love Moses. This is God's providential hand working behind the scenes. God ensures that these, th this, this mom and dad love each other. They have a child. He survives for three months. He's placed in a teba into an ark of sorts. He is found by Pharaoh's, by Pharaoh's daughter. And then Moses' own mom gets to, gets to raise him, bring him to her breast and care for him. And then, then in the story, and, and this is all part of God's grace as well, verses 11 through 22, which we didn't read, Moses does what he ought not to do. He murders this man, and then through his own sin, through his own mistake, through his own, his own brokenness, he goes to Midian, and he ends up finding a wife that God would then introduce himself to Moses. He, here's the reality, my friends. Here, here's, here's what we need to know. Number one. In the midst of our trial, in the midst of our tribulation, in the midst of our worry and our unknown, we can trust the God of the Bible as he's been working behind the scenes for thousands of years. He's working behind the scenes for us now. And we can trust that even in our mistakes, even in our sin and our brokenness, that God can use our sin and he can use it to bring us to himself the amazing thing that I want you to see is that, that Moses, because of his upbringing, he was trained in linguistics, 
mathematics, astronomy, agriculture, uh, music, medicine, law, diplomacy, all of it he learned in the house of Pharaoh. He learned some amazing things in the house of Pharaoh, but because of the grace of God and him being brought into his mother's house that he would be nursed by his mother, that's not what impacted Moses the most. What impacted him the most was the way in which Moses' mother raised him according to the faith uh, in God himself. How do I know that? How do I know that this idea of faith is such a big deal for Moses and a big deal for his family? How do I know that faith should be a big deal for you and I as well? Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, the writer of Hebrews gives us a glimpse back uh, into from the New Testament into the Old Testament into how and why this stuff happened. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Did you hear that? It was the faith of his parents that hid Moses in the reeds because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Okay, so here's a couple things, just, just application for us this morning. Number one, it was, it was by faith uh, that they went and did something. It was by faith uh, that they lived. It was, and it was also because they saw that God had made Moses to be a special, particular kind of person. They, they saw that early. They said Moses was beautiful. He was a good-looking, set-apart baby. And that the parents, by faith, in that particular passage we just read, we're not afraid of Pharaoh. Let that be a lesson for us. In our season of uncertainty, I want to encourage you to not be afraid. I want to encourage you to stand strong, to not worry, to, to not have anxiety. Pharaoh is a picture, if you will, of, of Satan and, and the culture. And, and just so you know, we're, we're, not, we're not not gathering because we're afraid of anything. We haven't, we haven't necessarily said, okay, don't come to church in the building on Sunday because we're afraid. We're not afraid and we're not giving in to the culture. It'd be one thing if, if we were not allowed to preach the good news and preach the gospel, but, but right now we're able to, to proclaim the name of Jesus in a way that we've never been able to do before. My friends, we're, we're, I don't know what it's going to look like in the next few months, when we come together again, it, it'll, be, it'll be amazing. One of our elders, John Drawlinger, said, and when we come back together, it's going to be like a, a mini marriage supper of the Lamb. We're, we're going to be just excited to, to see each other. We're, we're going to be excited to hug. And Man, I, I, think, I think if I'm honest, if I'm really honest with you, I think the church has grown fat and content to not be a part of church. Many of you are partaking in church digitally because because you are worried, and you can't ski, you, 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 you can't go out in nature, you can't go out in the wilderness, and so you go, well, I might as well sit down and hear what God has to say in the midst of my trial. And I would just say that's a, that's a shame on us. That's something I think God wants to purge us of. I, I almost see the gathering of the saints uh, together as God's called us, as he says in Isaiah, to a fast, that we'd break the bonds, that we'd break the, the ways in which we become slaves. That's the whole message of Exodus, that God wants to move us away from slavery into freedom. And my friends, anytime you worship anything other than God, it's slavery. 
And so the result for many is that they have not been, been filled with gratitude and worship when they come together as a church. Many of us, if we're honest, we skip church on a regular basis. If we're honest, we, we, we choose to allow skiing or, or soccer or cross-country skiing or sports to, to replace church. And if there's a day and an age in which we can say the church is needed more than ever, this is it. This is a time where we are being reminded of the importance of our faith the importance of God. What, what do you do with life when everything has been stripped from you and taken from you? Literally. And I would pray that when we come back together, the church would be stronger than ever before, not just numerically, but, but strong in faith, strong in discipleship. And, and my friends, this is a day and age where we can say, God, forgive me for taking advantage of all of the privileges that I've had in this life before. Forgive me, Lord. We need to cry out to God and say, God, forgive us of our sins where we've replaced you with all these other things. This is the time for us to get serious in our relationship with God. God uses hardship. He uses it in Exodus. He uses it in the first century church. He used it on the cross. He uses pain and suffering to purge his people from that which is truly slavery. And I think that God wants to free us. One commentary says about Moses' parents in regards to their faith, this brave couple feared God more than they feared any man. They were determined to live by faith. But then raising a child is always an act of faith, is it not? If you're a parent, you know this to be true. It is by faith that a husband and a wife pray for a child, that they share sexual relations and give birth. It is by faith that they train their child and send them out into the world Children do not flourish unless they are raised by faith and not by fear. You hear that? They, they have to be raised. Our kids must be raised by faith and not fear. My friends, right now, your children are watching how you respond to crisis. They're watching to see how you are going to respond to hardship. And we have an opportunity to teach our children to live by faith. I can only imagine, again, Moses was raised in the most intellectual way possible, but again, I don't believe that it was his intellectual teaching that led him to be the savior of the Hebrew people, but it was the faith in which he saw from his mother and his father as he nursed from them. And then, and then 40 years goes by. 40 years in verses 11 through 22, 40 years before Moses actually leaves to Midian. And, and, and we're left to wonder, just, just, just listen to me for a moment here. Where is God? That's, that's what chapters 1 and 2 are trying to get us to ask the question. Where is he? And we go 40 years before Moses hears from the burning bush. So, so can we just say that, that, that it's possible you can go a whole lifetime and not know exactly what God is doing? We don't know how long we're going to be in this, this lockdown. I hope it's not for long. I, I was thinking yesterday as my wife and, and I and the kids went for a walk. Uh, everyone in the neighborhood was out walking. It was almost impossible to do social distancing because everybody wants sunshine and fresh air. And I don't know how long we can actually stay cooped up. I, they're not telling us how long we need to do this for. But what I do know is that God is not in a rush, and he's never been in a rush, but that does not make him bad. He still is good. What I want you to see from these principles is a few other things if you're taking notes this morning. What do we learn about the salvation of the birth of Moses. Number one, God is indeed involved in human history. The, the, the name of Moses literally means to draw out. You can see on all our Exodus stuff that we've used the tagline, he draws us out to draw us 
in, and we've been drawn out of our own society in this time, so I believe that we would be drawn in to a deeper relationship with Jesus. God is involved in human history from the high-ranking official down to the lowly human who's wondering how they're going to feed their children this week. He is involved. Number two, God triumphs and will triumph over evil. God triumphs and will triumph over evil. Pharaoh hated God. Therefore, Pharaoh hated God's people. And when we are sinning, sin and evil are never satisfied. It always wants more. And Pharaoh kept going and going. He, he first started with plan A. He was going to beat them down. And then he went with plan B. He was going to murder them. Evil wants more. Evil desires. Evil wants to consume. And we know that God overcomes evil. That is the idea of Jesus. Moses points us from, from Moses to Jesus that Jesus ultimately will triumph over evil. So God is involved in our history. God is involved in what is happening now. Take comfort and faith in that. God will triumph over the evil and the injustices of the world. If you believe that this is a weird governmental ploy to take control, know that Jesus will overcome it and that he will ultimately be our savior. Number three, we learn that God is indeed at work from start to finish. He doesn't start something and then not finish it. God was at work in the birth of this Savior. He, he formed Moses in his mother's womb. He delivered this baby safely into the world. Moses was then saved from Pharaoh's daughter. And in his creative power, God ensures that Moses will complete this job. And then number four, I think this is really beautiful. We see that it's about salvation here, that salvation's for the whole world. That is why Moses was brought into the Egyptian household. Because salvation isn't just for the Hebrews, it's also, it's also for the Egyptians. In fact, it is believed that many of the Egyptians went with the Hebrews in their exodus. How do I know that? Exodus chapter 12, verse 38. It says this, a mixed multitude went up with them. A mixed multitude went up with them. Or Isaiah chapter 19 adds to that and the idea that these Egyptians saw something beautiful in the Hebrews. Think of this now. The Egyptians were willing. Those, the Egyptians represent those who don't know God are willing to leave their Egyptian homes to travel into the wilderness with the Hebrews. A mixed multitude, it says in Exodus. And then Isaiah chapter 19 says, and the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and worship with sacrifice and offering and will make vows to the Lord and por perform them. So, so let, me, let me tie a couple things. It's believed some of the Egyptians left. It's also, believed, it's also believed that some of them left their sacrificial system in Egypt to go and, and worship the actual God of the Bible. But then we see the fulfillment of the, the world being saved in Acts chapter 2, verse 10. On the day of Pentecost, we're told that those in Egypt, Acts chapter 2, verse 10, that those in Egypt... And parts of Libya belonging to Serene and visitors from Rome heard the gospel for the first time in their own tongue. The prophecy of the Egyptians coming to salvation is fulfilled after Jesus' death and resurrection when the gift of the Spirit is given to us. My friends, here, here's the idea right now. We have an opportunity to share with the world the hope of salvation. And people are asking this question over and over again, and it is it is through suffering and through pain and uncertainty that God moves people from the worship of one God to the worship of the correct God. 
Do not put your hope in the world. Do not put your hope in the kings of the world. Don't put your hope in politics. Don't put your hope in, in, in your educational system or in your finances or in your home. Put your hope in Jesus who ensures that you will be saved for eternity, not just in this world, but in the one to come. And as you are saved, what we learn in salvation is you grow as a son and not a slave. Jesus wants to take you from slavery into sonship. And that's the language that we see in verse 23. They cry out for help. They cry for rescue, and God hears them. My friends, in a few moments, we're going to take some time as a church to just pray and to call out to God. But this is what you need to understand and, and know. God, as he brings you into salvation, he hears your cries, and he will remember your covenant. He hears your prayers, and he responds to those prayers because he is he is a compassionate God. He has empathy. One pastor says it like this. The Bible lets us know that God knows. Listen carefully. This is a great quote. The Bible lets us know that God knows it's scary to be us. He knows that he sees what he, he knows that, 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 that we don't see what he sees. And he's not upset but he's compassionate. He knows we're scared. He knows we're afraid. He knows we're lonely. And he never responds to anger with that, but rather with compassion. To let us know that we're not alone in that fear and that he is with us. We learn about God's great compassion in this text, that he's attentive and that he's faithful. My friends, this is, this is what you need to leave with this morning. This is what you need to live in, that God knows that it is scary to be us. We are fragile people. And that is why Jesus came to be the better and the greater Moses. He, he came as a person to die for the, the sins of the people and, and to replace for us the punishment that we deserve. Jesus cried and he mourned and he wept and he was stressed out about going to the cross as we see in the garden of Gethsemane. He, he understands that you were anxious and he is not mad at you, but he is with you in it. Jesus is with us in the midst of our hardship and our pain and our anxiety and I, I'm with you in this. I need the message of salvation. I need the message of of hope. I need to know that God is faithful. I need to remember God's promises. I need to see how God took this baby boy and he saved this baby boy, that that baby boy would be the savior of the Hebrews and that this baby boy would point us to the ultimate baby boy that is Jesus who will save all of us from the slavery of our sin and the ways of the world and bring us to a place of hope and salvation in Christ. It says of Jesus, uh, first of all, says of Moses in Deuteronomy that there was no prophet quite like Moses, that he was the most humble man in the world. And then later we're told of Jesus in Hebrews 3.3, 3, that Jesus was counted more glorious than Moses, as much more glorious of the builder of the house as more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone but the builder of all things. Jesus is the ultimate Moses. Let me give you some contrasts here. Like Moses... Jesus was born to be a savior and was rescued from an evil ruler at birth. Like Moses, 
Jesus sojourned into Egypt, and out of Egypt I called my son, Matthew says. Like Moses, there were silent years before his public ministry. Like Moses and the Israelites who wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. And Jesus went to a high mountain and, is, and gave the, I'm sorry, Jesus went to a high mountain and gave the law, his sermon, the, the Sermon on the Mount, just like Moses went to Mount Sinai. But more than anything, Jesus went to the mountain to die for the sins of his people. As we close this morning, here's, here's ultimately what I'm hoping for you to know, that God is behind the scenes and he's working on our behalf. We don't know what he's doing, but that doesn't mean it's not good. That he's involved in human history, he's involved in your history. That he wants you to move from the comfort of the world to the comfort of salvation. I want you to know that God is faithful and he is just to fulfill his promises and he will not be slack in remembering them. I want to encourage you to pray out to God and ask God to do what we cannot do, to heal those that are sick, to be with the families of the dying. I want to ask you, as, as this, this baby was pulled out, that, that he would be drawn into uh, the faith of God. I want to ask you to be like Moses and to be willing to go into the world where necessary to pull other people out, to share the gospel and the hope that Jesus gives us. Jesus wants us to be like these families that are willing to live by faith and do the things that others just simply aren't willing to do. Live by faith, church. Not by sight. Be careful of the resources in which you read. Be careful in, in where you spend your time and your energy in this season. And be diligent to seek God's face and to pray for forgiveness in the ways that you've not taken your faith seriously. Know that God is compassionate towards you, that he understands what you're going through, that he knows that you are fragile, and that is why he became fragile, that we would have someone that could sympathize with our weaknesses. And lastly, support your local community as best you can. Serve where you can. Uh, plug away within commu the, the community. For instance, Allie and I have, have bought some to-go orders from some places, and uh, I think of families like uh, the Viscontis with drink coffee and do stuff. I, I think of someone like Derek Phillips who, who it makes his living creating great art for people, that we would support people like him in this season, that we would support our, our, local, uh, our local people within our churches, that we would find ways to creatively support each other, whether that means donating toilet paper to somebody or food to somebody or whatever that looks like. Engage and show that we're not living by the fear of the world, but we live by fear of God. And then lastly, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time and you're wondering, man, man I can see why the church exists, that, that, that this life does not fulfill and this life has a lot of fear. Let me invite you right now to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And as I shared from this particular passage this morning, the Bible tells us that salvation all the way in the Old Testament into the New Testament is and always has been by faith. What that means is that you give your life to Jesus Christ as an act of faith. You simply say within your heart of hearts, with your mouth you confess that you know that Jesus is God who came on your behalf to have a relationship with you. And I would ask you to pray to receive him as your savior and that you give your life to him. What that means is that you would repent of your old lifestyle. And some of us who are Christians, there are things that we need to repent of this morning. God, forgive us for not taking the gathering of the saints 
as seriously as we should and how beautiful and glorious and wonderful it is. I miss all of you so much. And someone had mentioned to me, well, I hope you reach more people and you hit, hit some kind of magical number that you're looking for. And, and I'm not looking for a magical number. I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned with that, but I do believe that Jesus wants to save more people and he wants to use you. But I also believe that God cares about you as a person and that he wants you personally as a Christian to know the love that he has for you. So if you're here this morning and you're part of our church, we love you, we're thankful for you. And if you're tuning in for the first time and you're wondering, again, how do I give my life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to say this prayer as we close. God, I thank you that you came on the behalf of man. I thank you, Lord, that you are God and that you have the ability to forgive me of my sins. And I pray in faith to receive that forgiveness. And I believe within my heart, not only have you forgiven me of my sins, but I now believe, Lord, that through your spirit that comes and indwells in me, that you'll give me the strength to live for you. I pray, Lord, that my life is now yours and I submit myself to you freely. I thank you, Jesus, for salvation, for it is by grace and grace alone. For those of you who are part of the Sierra Bible Church family, as we continue to sing and, and pray, I want to encourage you to write within the feed your prayer requests, your needs, the things that you, you have. As I said, our leaders are tuned into you right now, and they want to know how they can help and serve you. We're working hard for you. We're praying for you. We love you. We'll see you hopefully soon. God bless. When the mountains fall, when the mountains fall, and the tempest roars, you are with me. When creation falls, still my soul will soar on your mercy. Thou walk through the fire with my head lifted high and my spirit revived in your story. And I look to the cross as my failure is lost in the light of your glorious grace. So let the ruins come to light in the beauty of your name rising up from the ashes god forever you reign and my soul will find refuge in the shadow of your wings i will love you forever and forever i'll sing when the world caves in Still my hope will cling to your 
Father, we, uh, we want to place our trust in you. And in so many ways, Lord, we hold on to things and we don't necessarily surrender it all to you, Lord. But today may be the day that uh, we come to you with open hands, Lord, saying, mold us more into your image. Lord, as your word says, to be holy, for you are holy. Simply to be set apart for you, Lord. And as we're at home for this time, Lord, may you break on our hearts to realize what's important. First and foremost, you, Lord. Then our family, our friends. Lord, that we may reach out, that we may um, maybe bless our neighbors share of your good news, Lord. And Lord, we trust in you and you alone, for you are our King, our Savior, our friend, and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, family, we love you guys. Um, remember to su subscribe to those two channels. Share them on your social media pages. He says, in the coming weeks come, we don't know what it's going to be like, but it might be this. And that's okay. But we get to come into your home um, to hopefully bless you with the, the preaching of God's word and music, Lord.
love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.